Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Allen. Conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. This is your host, Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. Uh, you know, it's it's Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow. You know, if you're watching, you know, it might be the day before. But, you know, this is a time, of course, for all of us to come together to celebrate this rich American tradition that we all share in common. And frankly, to be grateful, grateful that we live in the greatest country in the history of mankind. And that's a fact. It's indisputable. And you know what? The fact that there are people in this country that would argue against that is the reason we have all these problems in the first place. People just refuse to be grateful. And of course, the left doesn't want it to happen. Uh, I mean, this is one of those holidays, you know, that, that they just have to attack and destroy. And I got to tell you, and I'll back this up, of course, with, with concrete evidence, but the Democrat Party, honestly, is the party of mental illness in America. Look, it's long been said that, uh, you know, uh, liberalism is a mental disorder, and that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. In fact, even the individuals who vote for Democrats are admitting there are studies they have mental illnesses. And, you know, the Democratic Party is, is largely responsible for that. But here we are going into Thanksgiving. And, you know, the tr tradition used to be, of course, that, you know, you got together with family, you know, turkey, which I don't even really like very much, you know, is shared at the table. And, and it's just it's a time to just appreciate things, to slow down for a day in the midst of everything that's so chaotic and hectic and to be happy. But, you know, happiness is anathema to the Democratic Party. And Marxism. And that's what the Democratic Party represents today. I want to tell you something in very clear, simple terms. You know, there's a very specific reason. In addition to the fact that the Democratic Party wants to destroy our institutions, attacks the Constitution, wants to create self-loathing and hatred of America so that they can, you know, convince us uh, to support their plans to re-engineer America into this, you know, dystopian, totalitarian uh, states, well, they want to make things so painful that we all cry uncle, that we all cry uncle, that, that we all just give up because look, it's just, it's too painful living in America in which we always have to fight with the Democrats. And that's what they do. But speaking of uncle, you know, one, one thing, uh, that is a new tradition on the left, at least I think I, if I remember correctly, I, I maybe some of you remember this too. I, I don't remember seeing until Barack Obama was president, you know, these talking points go out to the, the leftists before Thanksgiving, right? You know, here's what you can tell your uncle about how great the president is, even though objective reality tells you things are a disaster. And this is the thing, too. You know, we don't do it. Not only does this demonstrate uh, what the Democratic Party and these politicians actually think of their own voters, right? You're so stupid that we need to tell you what to say at Thanksgiving. But look, they're also such activists. You know, I actually uh, don't want to sit down at Thanksgiving, honestly. I mean, I fight every day like hell 
uh, with liberals and for the country and to to try and create arguments and and, and try and participate and do my part uh, to save this country. On Thanksgiving, I want peace. I don't want to if I got a left, I don't want to talk politics at Thanksgiving. I really don't. Now, some of you may think, well, you know, we should take every opportunity we can to, you know, try and change. No, no, no. Thanksgiving's not the time to do that. Okay. No, no, no country is being saved by arguing at the, uh, at the Thanksgiving day table. Okay. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And I don't want it. I want peace. Okay. I live in California. You know, some of you out there who are smarter than me, perhaps, that fled a state like California and went, and went for greener pastures. I mean, you don't understand what it's like. Uh, but I do this to myself. I'm not a victim. All right. But anyway, so under under Obama, of course, you know, remember he started putting these out. You know, this is how you convince your your family to support Obamacare. Right. That was the big push back then. And now this has become an annual tradition of Democrats. And you've got Ron Klain. No surprise. Uh, he worked for the Obama administration, but he's the chief of staff for Joe Biden. He's out there. And I'm going to pull this up in a second. Captain, go ahead and get um, get image one queued up to put on the screen. I, 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 so Ron Klain put this out today, I believe. Uh, today is actually, uh, what is today? Wednesday. All right. So ahead of, of Turkey Day. And he's, he's telling Democrats uh, how they can take on, you know, their uncle, you know, Uncle Joe, Uncle whatever that he calls him. Go ahead and pull it up there for a second, Captain. So, you know, this is a list supposedly of President Biden's top accomplishments. Uh, look, I mean, the fact that Ron Klain has to try and give talking points about what President Biden's top accomplishments are is indication that they're thin and in fact non-existent. You know, if he had accomplishments that we could all be proud of, nobody would have to tell us what they are, right? We would all know it, right? I mean, uh, go ahead and pull it down. That's fine. Thanks, Captain. That was for the viewing audience uh, on video there. So anyway, look, he, he puts up all these things, um, you know, about how how Democrat talking points about actually put it back up, Captain, because I don't have it in front of me. But, you know, he, he's he's trying to suggest things that we've all heard before. Right. You know, that, that Joe Biden's tackling inflation, that gas prices are down, you know, a dollar and 30 something cents. And it's all lies. I mean, it's all it's all propaganda. I mean, the average price of gas, just to remind you, under President Trump, and this wasn't the low point. This was just when he left office. It was $2.39 a gallon. And then under Biden, just in June, it was $5. And now it's $3.76. So gas prices are up from what they were when Joe Biden came into office. But, you know, Ron Klain wants you to sit there and tell uh, you know, me, Uncle Drew, your conservative sitting at your table that, oh, you're wrong. I'm wrong. No, no, you're but Ron Klain says, oh, yes, Ron Klain, very reliable, just like Joe Biden. They've never lied before. But, you know, it, they put out these talking points. Pull it down again, Captain. Thanks. Inflation is moderating. Um, you know, this is such an abject lie, too. Now, recall, let's go back to last Thanksgiving. Last Thanksgiving was one of the most expensive Thanksgivings in recent history, right? That was, that was the big talking point then, which was true. Well, guess what? This Thanksgiving is even more expensive than last Thanksgiving. I just want to give you statistics because this was some of this was actually shocking to me. Um, domestic airfare is up forty six percent. Gas is up six percent, 
Inflation up 7.7% in October. That's the highest in 40 years. Groceries were up 12.4% in October. Turkey's up 18%. Potatoes up 15%. Vegetables up 8%. Butter up 26%. Even your streaming services. Netflix is up 10%. Apple TV's up 28.6%. So yes, please sit there at the uh, Thanksgiving Day dinner with me and explain to me how great Biden is and what he's done for this for this uh, country. Now, noticeably missing from that list, absent, is uh, him giving Afghanistan to the Taliban, uh, permitting 5 million plus illegals into this country since he came into office. Uh, also missing is the fact that uh, more than 71,000 Americans uh, were killed in 2021. That doesn't include this year. In 2021, from fentanyl overdoses. Where does that fentanyl come from? China and Mexico, pouring across the border. His failed energy policies, gas prices. I mean, this is such a joke. You know, on the, on that list too, he mentions that you know he's brought uh, insulin prices down. I would remind you that when Biden came into office, in addition to uh, eliminating the Keystone XL pipeline that was going to bring uh, oil, natural gas, oil to the United States of America, and can you continue to make us energy independent? Well, he canceled that one, of course, and he greenlit of course, uh, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline in Russia, which arguably led to, prompted Russia's decision to invade Ukraine because they had leverage over Europe. And we're seeing that play out now. Um, so, you know, I, I, amazing, you know, r the invasion of, of, of Ukraine, all these things, you know, but, but we're supposed to believe that, you know, we have so much to celebrate in terms of this president right now. But, but, but my point was, was uh, as I got sidetracked there, was that you know, Trump actually issued an executive order which did bring insulin prices down. And then the first week in office, Joe Biden eliminated that executive order. So it's absurd to say that Joe Biden brought down insulin prices. I mean, it's the same argument with, I mean, they're all lies, right? I mean, they say he created 10 million jobs. He didn't create 10 million jobs. I mean, blue states finally decided to open up the economy. You know, 10, 10 million people were told that they couldn't go to work and they were unemployed. Joe Biden said, okay, you can go back to work. Now, that's not creating 10 million jobs. That's absurd. It's the same thing with the gas price argument. Oh, he brought gas prices. No, gas prices are higher under him. He brought gas prices down. I mean, he didn't do it, but let's just say, you know, he brought gas prices down a little bit compared to what he made them rise to in the first place. So, you know, I, it's just, you know, Thanksgiving, and I've got a real treat for you at the end of this program. Uh, I won't, I'll save it for the end to let you know, but you're going to hear from somebody, uh, uh, well, the goat, the goat. And, uh, you know, I think, I think you know who I'm talking about, but every single year, you know, Rush Limbaugh, uh, would share with his audience the true story of Thanksgiving. And, you know, it, it was something that Americans look forward to every year. Nobody could explain it like Rush. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we miss him dearly. So, so I, I want to make sure that that's included as, as we get to things. So um, Democrats, and we may come back to Thanksgiving. I don't know. This is a Thanksgiving Day broadcast. I, 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 I'm going. I'm going everywhere. There's so much to cover. 
so you 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 may have heard um fauci um you know he retired of announced his retirement and then he he couldn't help himself he had to take the stage one last time he just couldn't go out he couldn't just you know disappear he had to come back and and i'll tell you the reason he came back he wanted to get the final say and he wanted to to tell people what they should think of his reputation you know in some sense it was a form of damage control look we all know that fauci is a disgrace that he's a failure that he is anti-science and frankly if you want to pick one person dr fauci which it pains me to even call him that dr fauci is the man who is most responsible for all of the poor decisions harmful decisions anti-science decisions that were made in this country in response to COVID-19 that is a fact he was the the face of the campaign of fear he was the one that worked behind the scenes to collude you know with Collins you know his colleague to shut down other esteemed epidemiologists who were saying what we all know to be true today but they were dismissed they were attacked viciously by 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 Fauci and these people you know Fauci you know oh he is science himself right so before I play Fauci before I play Fauci you know this is this is just remarkable that this is taking place right now I I, I can't I cannot believe it Joe Biden of course not too long ago was telling us you know last year around this time Thanksgiving Christmas time that we were facing a pandemic of the unvaccinated right the unvaccinated American was to blame for everything you know he wished them us me a severe winter of illness and disease well guess what go ahead and pull image two up captain get that one ready this is from you 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 will not believe this is actually the Washington Post the Washington Post um ran this story today or yesterday you got it up there okay so the actually can't uh vaccinated people now make up a majority of covid deaths should i repeat that again vaccinated people now make up a majority of covid deaths now just because this is hilarious to me and i want to have at least a little bit of fun now it's not on the screen uh, you can go ahead and pull it away. Thanks, Captain. You know, uh, under that, before they get into this story about vaccinated people now making up a majority of COVID deaths, there's an update that actually a condom use is down and sexually transmitted diseases are also up. I, I just so you know out there, this is a public service announcement that, um, you know, condom use, there's a correlation to condom use and prevention of STDs. Um, so anyway, so here's Fauci, though. Go ahead and queue up uh cut one video cut one there so you know this is fauci and actually this is kind of a a little a short montage that i put together this is actually from nbc news this doesn't include the worst thing he said which is basically directly to say that you know we posed a danger to ourselves if we didn't get vaccinated right i mean the same stuff so the vaccinated are now uh are are now the ones who are dying but i go ahead and play 
Um, uh, cut one. This is Fauci, uh, his last hurrah. So we know it's safe. We know that it is effective. So my message and my final message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, is that please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible to protect yourself, your family, and your community. I urge you to visit vaccines.gov to find a location where you can easily get an updated vaccine. And please do it as soon as possible. I'll let other people judge the value or not of my accomplishments. But what I would like people to remember about what I've done is that every day for all of those years, I've given it everything that I have and I've never left anything on the field. When a patient came in, whether or not the patient didn't like you, was angry with you, whether it was a rich person or a poor person, you treated everybody the same because you cared about them and you wanted everyone to walk out healthy. So when I see people in this country because of the divisiveness in our country of not getting vaccinated for reasons that have nothing to do with public health, but have to do because of divisiveness and ideological differences, as a physician, it pains me because I don't wanna see anybody get infected. I don't wanna see anybody hospitalized and I don't wanna see anybody die from COVID. Whether you're a far right Republican or a far left Democrat doesn't make any difference to me. You know, Fauci is such a fraud, such a fraud. I, 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 I mean, it leaves me speechless almost, but not because I'm a professional here and I can talk forever. But, uh, you know, he as a physician treated everyone the same. I mean, this is, this is such gaslighting. Here is the virtue signaling sanctimonious Fauci whose policies were discriminatory, who attacks the unvaccinated, who is still attacking the unvaccinated. And he is claiming that those of us who want to be left alone, free to make our own medical decisions with relation to getting this COVID vaccine that doesn't work at all in the first place, that we're responsible for divisiveness. You know, we have always advocated for free choice. Uh, But these people condemned us. They attacked us viciously. I mean, they blamed Donald Trump for all of the dead. Who is it that contributed to divisiveness? But, you know, it pains Dr. Fauci that, you know, people might still be unvaccinated. Meanwhile, the majority of the dead are amongst the vaccinated today. So there's your science message of the day. Um, You know, at the end of that press conference, you know, it's amazing. You know, I, I call her the stress secretary now, Corrine Jean-Pierre. She is the stress secretary. Remember that. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to get into this too, and, I, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll explain why. But the politics, right, working for the Biden administration, anything to do with Democrat pol- politics in which uh, the taxpayer funds them, pays their salary. You know, that has become the career path for those in America who are Democrats, who don't, who are the unskilled workers, um, who don't have the brains or experience or capability of being hired in a private sector job. You know, that's what the Democratic Party has become. You know, you know, America, right, with the whole immigration thing in the past, the turn of the 20th century and so on and so forth. We attracted the A-team from around the world. We got the best and brightest. All those 
tough, smart, ambitious, hardworking people, well, they all came here and we benefited from it. We got the best. The Democratic Party, if you're wondering, not, look, it's not just that they are a Marxist party, which is true. But in addition to being a Marxist party whose policies by definition are destructive to this country, the stupidest people in America are in the Democratic Party. Uh, look at Fetterman, for example. Do you think that Fetterman could be employed anywhere in the private sector? Of course not. But, you know, he couldn't get a job at McDonald's. But, you know, he's a prime candidate for the U.S. Senate. For the U.S. Senate. Actually, before I play that, that clip of, uh, of, uh, of uh, the stress secretary losing her mind, um, I think I've got... Pull, pull up, pull up image three, Captain. This is this is what I want to tell you about. Um, <laughs> this is the Democrat Party, okay? All right, so you got to go. All right, so so pull it up. This is a, a so a transgender legislator uh, has been charged with stalking and violating a restraining order in New Hampshire. Now, <laughs> isn't that a isn't that a handsome fella? I mean, I know that he's saying he's a he's a woman, but I mean, gosh, what's hey, uh, Captain? Who? What, I, I always get them confused. <clears throat> Is it the Health and Human Service? No, not 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 uh, Xavier Bashara. Uh, who's who's the the trans? Who's the man in the skirt still married to a woman that, that that's in charge of some kind of health related industry in this country? I always forget the name. You know, it's like Leah Thomas. I I, I always forget these things. But I'm going to read you a little bit of this. Uh, well, we, oh, yeah, we've got the general surgeon. Um, all right, so so we can pull it down, I guess. But but so here we go. This transgender legislator. All right. So check this out. So this is this is the pride and joy of New Hampshire, by the way. <coughs> Pardon me here. So New Hampshire's first transgender public official has been charged with stalking a victim and violating a restraining order. Now, I just want to point something out, too. What, what, what gender and sex? It's the same thing, but I know that the liberals get confused, you know. Um, which chromosomes do you think the individual of this transgender public official in New Hampshire was stalking? So this is a transgender. I get confused, man. This is a man dressed like a woman, okay? So he wants to be a woman. But he's stalking women. Is it is he a lesbian? You know, this is the, I really, I really, it's incomprehensible to me. But anyhow, this uh, this individual, Stacy Lawton, is the name that he goes by. So this person was just reelected as a Democrat to New Hampshire State House, and they were they were just arrested for stalking. And this person has a history of being arrested. Assistant General Surgeon Rachel Levine. Levine Levine. Oh, there we go. There we go. Thanks, Captain. Rachel Levine. I, my point is Rachel Levine, uh, who you may look, I'm not being mean. I'm just I'm just pointing something out, you know. Rachel Levine, you know, many of you, because you're bigots and sexists and homophobes and, and weirdos out there, you know, you may not find Rachel Levine a beautiful woman. A beautiful woman, okay? But this person this transgender individual in New Hampshire, gosh, he makes Rachel Levine look like Giselle. Giselle, okay? 
So, uh, so anyway, so New Hampshire's got this person. Uh, this is not the first inst- instance in which Lawton allegedly violated the restraining order. He was also arrested in September after allegedly trying to contact the victim in August. And of course, there was no media coverage of the September arrest because uh, midterms were coming up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like what you're doing, Captain. I think we're going to do a, uh, a comparison here of these two beautiful men, women, sorry, transgendered somethings. Uh, so, so here's the thing. So Lawton, the state's first transgender public official, they were elected to the legislature in 2012, but Lawton withdrew before entering office because it was revealed that he had been convicted of a felony for identity and credit card fraud. And then in 2015, Lawton was arrested for making a bomb threat to Southern New Hampshire Medical Center. And this person is serving serving as a Democrat in the state of New Hampshire. This is who the Democrat Party puts forward. Okay, Captain, go ahead and pull up that image. So for the video watching audience here, I just want you, we're going to do, you know, it's, it's, you know, I know these days in the politically correct world, we can't, it's not appropriate to play the hot or not game, uh, but I'm not politically correct. And frankly, I don't give a damn. Uh, So, Let's pull this up and let's play a game of hot or not. So on uh, on one side of your screen, uh, we've got Rachel Levine. Um, and then on the other side of your screen, you've got the New Hampshire Democrat. Um, so, you know, is Rachel Levine uh, more handsome, beautiful, I mean? Or do you think the, the uh, Lawton in New Hampshire? Or C, I guess we could do none of the above. None of the above. I guess the real question is, which of these two individuals is a woman? I do know the answer to that, and the answer is neither. Neither. They're both men. None of the above. All right. So anyway, I just wanted to give you, give you, give you that piece of information. Um, all right. We've got, we've got, go ahead. You know what? Before I get into this, I want to handle the important stuff first, because who knows? You know, we get going here and we, we, we never have enough time to get to everything. <clears throat> so I have an article coming out, The Daily Signal. I don't know, maybe later today, maybe tomorrow. You can look for it. But uh, the title was brilliant. And I say this because I came up with a title. You know, I write my own stuff and I come up with my own headlines. Um, but, but the title was uh, uh, Musk Buys Twitter. Sorry, Elon Buys Twitter, but the Musk of censor- Censorship Remains. That's pretty clever, isn't it? Um, and I'll get into that story, but first, I want to address something that really has been sickening me and sickening all of you, I know. You know, the Democratic Party, of course, you know, a few days ago, a deranged lunatic shot up a gay nightclub in Colorado. I think five people the last I saw were killed and um, you know, 17 or 18 people reported injured. It's horrific. It's horrific. And obviously, conservatives never espouse violence. Never, ever. And the Democrats, of course, what did they do immediately? They exploited that tragedy to try and destroy their political opposition. I mean, they blamed... Uh, Christopher Rufo, who was instrumental in bringing attention to the Marxism of critical race theory, and then he's been instrumental in attacking gender theory. They attacked Matt Walsh. They attacked Tucker Carlson. 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was attacking Lauren Boebert. I mean, I think there were a dozen lawmakers attacking Boebert. And, uh, and then, of course, you had Nancy Pelosi just directly blaming this on MAGA Republicans. And, you know, not only is, is there not a shred of evidence to back this up, on the contrary, you know, CNN just, uh, I watched, was melting down because the, the defense attorneys for this murderer say that he uh, uses pronouns. He uses pronouns, which <laughs> means he's one of them. Means he's one of them. Um, but it's just, it's just sick uh, what they're doing here. It, and, and there are a couple reasons for this. You know, yes, they're sick and they want to take uh, advantage of a situation. Uh, basically, you know, it's a popularity contest in America for the Democrats. I mean, their policies don't work. Um, you know, they're destroying America from within. And so really their only tactic going forward in elections in terms with convincing independents to vote for them is to convince independents that it's, it's morally reprehensible to vote for Republicans. I mean, that's really where this is going. And, you know, this goes back to the grooming issue too, right? I want to make a comparison here. You know, I was living in California back in circa 2008, I guess it was. Uh, when California put on the, on the ballot Proposition 8. And that was re with regards to the definition for marriage. And the Calif California citizens, including Democrats, voted overwhelmingly in favor of Proposition 8, which defended marriage uh, as between a man and a woman. This was the popular acceptance. I mean, th th this isn't just invented in America. I mean, this is as long as human history has been around. I mean, I mean, people have come to define marriage because it does have religious connotations as well. It, it's, it's sacred. It's a definition that literally means, you know, this, this bond between a man and a woman. And, you know, anybody's opposition to gay marriage, you know, it, it wasn't even rooted in homophobia. It was simply... You know, the left talks about cultural appropriation. Well, marriage was for us. It was something that was sacred for us. And we countered and we said, look, why? okay, you want the same financial benefits and whatever else. How about a civil union? And they said no. They said no. They wanted it to be marriage. They wanted it to be viewed the exact same way as married men and women in this country. And Barack Obama even when he was running as a, as, a, as a senator, years before this, even at the same time, he was making the same argument that I'm making now. Look, you can't change the definition of marriage, but this was pre those days, right? Today, vaccine, right? Just change the definition. But it was the same thing back then. And, and, and Obama saw an opportunity, right? To take an issue and massage it, manipulate it, I mean, it was so, <clears throat> I mean, this is just what they do. <clears throat> and so here was a, a winning cultural issue for us, right? The majority of Americans supported marriage as a man between a woman. And then the Democrats came in and they got their PR campaign going and their marketing campaign. And suddenly like that, with a snap of fingers, Barack Obama and Democrats come out and say that, well, their opinions have changed because 
you know, supporting the traditional definition of marriage makes you a homophobe. And they're not homophobes and they're not this and that. But Republicans now are. And, 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 and it's amazing because the majority of the country didn't even adopt that view. And that's how quickly the Democrats can take a cultural issue and they do it by just making absurd claims, vicious claims uh, against other people and, and, and misleading them on, on what the points are. Same thing with abortion, et cetera. And so the same thing happened with grooming, right? Think about Florida. But, but this was the difference was we won this cultural issue. In Florida, right, Disney got involved because teachers in Florida, and this is happening elsewhere too, but Florida did something about it and DeSantis did something about it. In Florida, teachers were sexualizing kindergartners. I mean, it's insane. They were talking about sex, talking about being gay, talking about their private sex lives. I mean, this gender ideology, it has no place, period, especially with people that young. And so, I mean, the real controversy to me is that a bill had to be passed in the first place to address this. What type of pervert exploits, uses their classroom as an opportunity not to teach children how to read, how to write, how to just socialize, but uses that opportunity as a chance to influence their future sexual behavior. It's deviant. <clears throat> and Democrats supported that. You know, and they mislabeled it. They called it the, uh, the, um, hold on. Everyone out there watching is, is, knows what I'm talking about, but I'm forgetting. They called it the don't say gay bill. There we go. <clears throat> there we go. Don't say gay bill. And it, it had nothing to do with that. But, you know, this is how the Democrats operate, right? They try and make it impossible for you. They put you on the def defense, make it impossible for you to stand up for your point of view because they're just attacking you. They're lab labeling you this and that. And we cave. But guess what we did? We called them groomers. We used their own tactics against the left, right? And they could not defend it. And, you know, if you've ever read Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, I mean, this is one of those things that he tells Democrats to do, to ridicule your opponent because it's not intellectual. It's emotional. It puts you on the defense. It's impossible to come back from because the logic gets lost. I mean, this is what they do when they call something, when they do Black Lives Matter, for example. Do Black Lives Matter? Of course. How can you possibly? You're a racist if you say Black Lives don't matter. But Black Lives don't matter isn't about Black Lives at all. It's a Marxist movement that is pro-revolutionary, anti-capitalist, anti-America. It's the same thing. I'll give you another example. I didn't know we were going to get into all these uh, tactical lessons today, but here we are. With uh, global warming, right? What do they typically call it now, right? They call it climate change. This is another ingenious way that they put practical people who are not flat earthers like the Democrats who claim that CO2 is responsible for a warming planet and then we have to eliminate all fossil fuels to, you know, possibly based on their models, you know, decrease temperature by such a minuscule amount that it's meaningless. But they call it climate change, you know, because when there's a polar vortex in the winter in New York, 
Global warming doesn't quite have the same impact, does it? So this is what they figured out. And so they call it climate change. Obviously, the climate changes. It's raining. It's not raining. There's a flood. There's no flood. It's hot. It's cold. There's a tornado. There's a hurricane. The climate's always been changing. Do you believe in climate change? How do you proceed? Do, yes, the climate changes, but that's not the... You're, 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 you're putting two things together that are, are, are not the same. Your indication of climate change is that we are responsible. Yes, the climate... And it got you. So we did this to them and we called them groomers. We called them pedophiles. And it wasn't false, to be honest. We know this is the case. There's plenty of evidence out there of people pushing this. I mean, prominent, you know, <clears throat> outlets out there that are, that are Democrat run have been trying to normalize pedophilia, you know, trying to justify it, you know, soften what they're doing and so on and so forth. But uh, anyway, I don't know why we got off on that tangent, Captain. I really don't. Um, oh, my point is, though, we're, we, want, we are winning the culture war against the grooming. Drag shows for children are not popular. We didn't back down, and we turned the, the tables on them, and they're upset about that. So, you know, that's, that's more the reason that they tried to use this latest shooting uh, to destroy our side, right? Uh, because they're losing this. And it's really sick. Now, now get, um, get a cut three ready, Captain. I want you to hear what happened to CNN when these attorneys turn the tables on the left. Now, look, the attorneys are said the defense attorneys for the killer are saying that he uses pronouns. Um, whatever, you'll hear him talk about it here. But but the left is apoplectic. They don't know how to deal with this anymore. Now, now I don't really think that it's in the best interest of the defense if they can't back that up in some way. Um, so you know, I think I think he he might he might very well be using pronouns. I mean, we don't know about his history. We did grow up in a fatherless home. What's the situation? It's just so sick because you know they pointed to the fact that his grandfather was some kind of state representative in California out of San Diego, and he's a MAGA supporter. And they they use that to say that oh this guy was a MAGA. I mean, that's so thin and so disgusting and so absurd. And frankly, it's slanderous towards that grandfather. And meanwhile, you know, Democrats. They were completely silent when Kaylor Ellingson, the 18-year-old young man in North Dakota, was run over and murdered by an SUV. Well, the SUV didn't do it, right? The person in the SUV, who was a Democrat, ran over Kaylor Ellingson, killed him, and told the police that the reason that he killed him, that motivated this, was political violence. He said that he believed that Kaylor Ellingson was a radical right-wing extremist. The Democrats were silent. There's evidence. There's evidence. And even when that lunatic Bernie Sanders supporter mowed down, tried to mow down that baseball field of congressional Republicans and nearly killed Steve uh, Scalia. Scalise. Not Antonin Scalia. Happens every time. Happens every time. But at least I know this, folks. Three words. Made in America. It's not two. It's not one. It's three words. Made in America. Unlike Biden and Obama, by the way. People don't remember this, but Obama was a gaffe machine. He once said there were 57 states. He said that Hawaii was in Asia. Um, he also said, you know, he, he botched, you know, the Made in America thing. But anyway, neither here nor there. All right. So these defense attorneys are out there uh, making this claim. So go ahead and play CNN. I want you, I want you to, to see and hear this. Go ahead, Captain. So... 
Attorneys for the accused shooter, Anderson Lee Aldrich, say in new court filings tonight that the suspect now identifies as non-binary. In a footnote to a motion asserting legal privileges, the public defenders say, quote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. They use they, them pronouns, and for the purposes of all formal filings, will be addressed as Mix Aldrich. So in other words, not Mr. or Ms. Joining me now, CNN political commentator Errol Lewis, also back with me, Al Franken and Joe Walsh. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's not anything that we had heard from his background. You know, people have been looking into his background. And uh, I don't know if anybody here, are you guys lawyers? I no. mean, you know, I don't know if, the, I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, th that's what he's now saying. I mean, the, the moment just nearly brings me to tears with laughter, you know. She's just, she just doesn't know what to do. I, we, we didn't find anything about that. I don't know what to do. The whole argument's been that, you know, this guy's some MAGA Republican and they don't use pronouns. In fact, this whole argument against this transgender stuff and gender ideology is that, you know, they don't like pronouns. They don't want pronouns in school. And this kid, the defense is saying, we, uh, what is going on? Are any of you guys lawyers? Are you gonna, I mean, desperation in her voice. Is anyone a lawyer? None of them are lawyers, by the way. Good panel. You know, you'd think you would get a lawyer on that panel. I mean, if I was producing a show, but like I said, Democrats are not the best and brightest of Americans. Um, so it just blows up the whole narrative. But but I wanted to get into something about Twitter. So back to my 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 article that I wrote. So look, uh, you know, uh, we all get excited on the on the right. You know, Republicans when when Elon Musk announced that he was going to, you know, take over Twitter and he was going to restore it to a, as a platform of free speech. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're so easily bamboozled on our side. We're so desperate for anybody prominent to, to, to join our ranks. You know, we just, any little, little bone they throw us, we go all in, you know, we're ready to, to, to vote him in office for president. You can't do that with Elon, by the way, he's born in South Africa, but anyway, so look, Twitter is a, is a, I mean, most, this is the thing. Most of you aren't even on Twitter. Most Americans aren't on Twitter. I'm only on there because a long time ago when I first got involved in politics in a public capacity, I had a, my publicist told me I had to make an account. That's why I'm on Twitter. Okay. <clears throat> but it's just, you know, but my point is, look, the, the most recent thing, and it's been fun to watch and entertaining, but, but Donald Trump, his account was restored and the left is losing their minds. It's hilarious to watch, but one account noticeably has not been restored and that's alex jones okay and i want to just share with you what it is that um alex jones has has said about i'm sorry not, not alex jones but what elon musk has said about why he's not putting him on there uh let's see here <clears throat> well well, well, well. Okay, here we go. So, um, so Elon Musk, he, he defended his decision not to reinstate Jones' account by claiming that he has no mercy for anyone who would use the deaths of children for gain, politics, or fame. Okay, so, so Musk is referring to Alex Jones, right? His infamous claims that the 2012 mass shooting at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in, in Newtown, Connecticut was a hoax, right? So he was saying that was fabricated by Democrats to justify their efforts to confisc confiscate Americans' guns. So my point is, here is Musk saying that he has no tolerance, um, you know, for Jones because Jones used the deaths of children for his own gain. But 
are Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Nancy Pelosi, and uh, uh, all these other Democrats right now not using the deaths of these individuals at this nightclub in, in, in Colorado for political gain? That's exactly what they're doing. So my point is, you know, you, you got, you, 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 if, if Musk is sitting here saying he's the arbiter of truth now, right? He, uh, because there's no consistency. If you're going to say that, well, I, if, you, if you exploit deaths or whatever for political gain, you can't be on here, that's the entire Democratic Party. They exploit death every single time when it suits them for political gain. Every single time. Um, you know, some of that, Ocasio-Cortez, she, she said Lauren Boebert played a major role in elevating anti-LGBT plus hate rhetoric. Pelosi blamed MAGA Republicans. Right-wing extremists target transgender Americans' most fundamental rights and freedom, whether spouting dangerous rhetoric from cable news desks. I mean, it's just, this is so sick. So sick. You know, and, and look, you know, the Democrats, by the way, I mean, they... They are actually responsible for the biggest hoax of all. Do you know what that is? That America is irredeemably racist. That racism is in our DNA. And they use that to foment hatred, division, sow discord, and frankly, incite violence, like with BLM. And so, you know, you, you, can't, you can't take this line, you know? I mean, Trump-Russia collusion, quid pro quo, Jason, I mean, these are all hoaxes that were created by Democrats for political gain. And so, you know, today Musk is opposing Jones's speech, but, you know, who's he going to oppose tomorrow? You know, it's more free than it was before, I guess, but, you know, Musk apparently believes himself to be the arbiter of, of truth now. Um, all right, let's, 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 Let's do this. Play, you know, cue up cut two, Captain. I wanted to get to this stress secretary thing real quick. You know, this is Kareem Jean-Pierre. You know, uh, Joe Biden just went to, to China. And, um, wow. He was uh, just... Let me, let me put it this way. He didn't intimidate Xi, all right? He didn't intimidate Xi at all. Uh, it was an embarrassment. Um... And he didn't ask Xi about the origins of COVID. I mean, you know, Fauci and these people, uh, they are the, the uh, Kamala Harris's of the border, right? I mean, right, she's supposed to investigate the root cause of our immigration crisis and she can't find the border. I mean, what's the root cause of COVID? You know, you'd think you'd want to know that question. Now we know what the answer is. But they won't look into it. So go ahead and play. Uh, this is this is her freaking out because a journalist asked Fauci if to to comment on the origins of of COVID. Go ahead. Dr. Fauci, um, only, only third grade question. Dr. Fauci, 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 Dr.
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're taking time away from your colleagues. Go ahead. Incredible, isn't it? I mean, just the, the dress down. And by the way, I think that was one of the reporters that you heard there who was from some kind of uh, African-related outlet. Because um, when I was reading this, there were several people that were chiming in trying to get him to say something. I mean, I don't know. That seems like racism to me. Treating that black reporter in such a way. Don't ask questions. Come back on the Democrat plantation. All right. Um, you know, I... Jin Saki, by the way, you know, speaking of, of of just just you know double standards, arrogance, not wanting to answer for anything. Uh, There's a great article in American Greatness written by uh, the Julie Kelly, and um, you know the title is Jin Saki investigations for thee, but not for me. And this is just remarkable. Um, you know, I'll just read you some pull quotes here. You know, from her perch at the podium in the James S. Brady press briefing room. Saki routinely endorsed criminal, civil, and congressional inquiries into the events of January 6th and warned the individuals targeted, including Donald Trump and his former aides, that they must comply with the legal process. And Saki noted that anyone who defied congressional subpoenas could face criminal charges. But surprise, surprise, now Jin Saki finds herself in the crosshairs of an investigation related to collusion between the White House and tech companies to censor truth and to prop up Biden's administration and his lies. So Saki is one of more than five dozen current and former federal officials that includes Biden, Fauci, and the Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, who are being sued by the states of Missouri and Louisiana for violating the First Amendment rights of citizens. And this relates back to meetings at the White House, uh, and look, let me, let me point something out too. You know, Saki, for example, she did this all the time. Look, uh, and Murthy too. Um, during a July 2021 press briefing with uh, General Murthy, Surgeon General Murthy, Saki publicly urged Facebook to deplatform accounts she considered purveyors of health misinformation. A few days later, Facebook banned the account Saki had accused of spreading misinformation. So it was a tyrannical totalitarian regime where they used the pulpit to give the orders to Facebook and other places to censor our voices. So now, guess what? Saki is being asked to come in and Saki doesn't want to respond. And you know what her defense is? So she, she's essentially been subpoenaed. And uh, so Judge uh, Terry Dowdy from the Western District of Louisiana Last month, he ordered Saki to sit for deposition, finding that the ex-spokeswoman has personal knowledge about the issue concerning censorship. Guess what? Her defense came back and said, the burdens of preparing and sitting for any wide-ranging deposition are significant, let alone the deposition of a former senior administration. This person is cheering on going after the former president of the United States, and she thinks that because she was the press secretary, she's too good for this? Imposing that burden on Mrs. Saki, Ms. Saki, a non-party private citizen, is entirely unwarranted on this record. And Saki claimed that sitting for a deposition in this matter would be extremely burdensome for her. Among other things, I understand that I would need to devote several days to preparing for the deposition. Now, look, you know, this is going to take her away from her family. She's got a new show coming up on MSLSD. You know, she just, she's just too busy. You know, unlike... 
Um, you know, Steve Bannon, unlike uh, Donald Trump, unlike his children, unlike uh, all of these Republicans out there, you know, they, they're not busy at all. They don't have families. They don't have families. Unbelievable. But anyway, it looks like she is going to have to sit. Um, she's going to have to show up, it seems. And she's asking that, that any video of her deposition is sealed. <laughs> Doesn't want it out there. Doesn't want it out there. Now, meanwhile, there's a special counsel going on. And, uh, you know, I want to address something. I saw a Fox News article. A Fox News article. And look, Fox is the anti, uh, uh, is becoming the anti-Trump machine. I just want to let you know. Here's what's going to happen. Newsmax is going to go over to Trump's side. You're already seeing that. And Fox is going to continue to hit Trump. And this was published at Fox News. And the argument is, is basically that Democrats are starting this uh, special counsel, right? The Merrick Garland is, 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 has announced this special prosecutor to go after Trump because the Democrats actually want Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee in 2024. Now, I understand why some people may think that because if you believe that Donald Trump can't be beaten and he's the best candidate you know, that the Democrats hope to take on, that they want to kind of manipulate things and play mind games so that he is the candidate. I mean, look, I'm sorry to tell you, that, that's not what's going on here. That's not what's going on here. And, and the rhinos, they're piling on. Um, um, I forget his name right now. Bill Barr is one of these individuals that's piling on. He just had an op-ed come out. And basically, he's, he's, just, he's just trying to crush Trump. Trying to crush Trump. Attacking Trump. I mean, it's just, it's just incredible when you look at all the corruption out there with the Democrat Party and Joe Biden. I mean, these people are sitting here still focused on Trump and he can't win. This is my argument. I'm sorry. If Trump can't win, why do you think somebody else can win? I mean, there's too much baggage. And I mean, the, the problem is that Americans in this company, in this company, <clears throat> kind of a Democrat company. But anyway, Americans in this country, independents, uh, for example, you know, they're looking out there and they're fearful. They see a bunch of cowering Republicans who are constantly saying, well, yeah, I voted for Trump and I'd vote for him again, but I don't want to because he's such a mean guy. Who's meaner? Him or Joe Biden? I mean, this is the thing. The media creates these images that are false. False about who Barack Obama was. False about who Joe Biden is. And false about who Trump is. Favorable for the left and, and unfavorable for the right. So anyway, this special counsel, um, it, it, it's, it's, I'll tell you why. It's, it's happening because the Democrats lost the House of Representatives. That's why this is happening. They need to continue this hoax going forward. And now that they can't do it in the House, they had to find somewhere else to keep it up. And maybe they do want Trump to run. Because they think they continue, can continue operating these, you know, special counsels and investigations to continue convincing the American people that Trump has done something wrong. He hasn't done anything wrong. It is time for us to defend him. Look, we're going to have primaries to decide who the candidate is, but not a single Republican out there should be apologizing for Donald Trump. Look how he is being treated. Look how they're dragging him through the mud. And he didn't do any of the things they've accused him of. And this is more of the same, more of the same. And I'll tell you the other reason they're doing the special counsel. Republicans are prepared to investigate Democrats now. 
And the, 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 the media, the propagandists don't want to report on it. And so this special counsel will continue to feed them a bunch of BS like the Trump nuclear secrets of foreign countries are at Mar-a-Lago so that they can keep running with that and keep people distracted from what's really happening in this country and real investigations that need to take place. This is why they're doing it, okay? This is why. We'll get into it more, you know, in future episodes here. You know, I, I led telling you, and I, I got to say this because it'll probably be the title of the episode, about, you know, the Democratic Party is the party of mental illness. Um, I just want to tell you these statistics, if I can find them. So Generation Z, the Zoomers, right? They're the ones that are after millennials. They're the third largest uh, group in America, you know, age-wise, after uh, boomers and millennials. Well, 42% were surveyed. 42% of the Zoomers surveyed said they suffered from a diagnosed mental health problem. Now, Zoomers, by the way, are the ones that apparently showed up and voted in force for Democrats in the midterms. 85% are worried about the future. Three quarters said they feel disadvantaged compared to older generations. Well, we are in some way. Houses are more expensive. The nuclear family's been destroyed. Two parents pretty much have to work if you have any hope of buying anything in this country, whereas before, one salary could provide for the family. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're, they're misplacing their blame and their trust. And, you know, look, this is still the greatest country in the history of mankind. And the problem is, look what Democrats feed these young people every day. It's all doom and gloom. Thanksgiving. You know, you've got, you've got people at the Washington Post telling you not to count calories. Count the carbon emissions from the food you're eating. This is how insane and sick these people are. Get in fights. This is how you defend Biden at the gym. I mean, it's all just, you know, I, I don't know when we're going to have some alternate holiday to Thanksgiving. You know, we got Juneteenth to try and rival July 4th. Um, I, I don't know what's next, you know, but, but, but this is the thing. You go into Thanksgiving and you're told to feel guilt about what you're eating. Think about the carbon emissions and the food that are ruining the planet. Ooh, turkey. Turkey, turkey's better than beef, guys. Turkey's better. There's some, some happiness for you. But go ahead and queue up um, video, I guess, cut. Uh, well, what is it? Cut uh, four. No. Rush cut one. Rush part one. I'm lost, Captain, without you. All right. I, I, wanna, I promised you this. So go ahead and play this. This is Rush talking about Thanksgiving. Go ahead. Now, the story of the pilgrims begins in the early part of the 17th century. The Church of England under King James I was persecuting anyone and everybody who did not recognize the church's absolute civil and spiritual authority, actually the state. Now, those who challenged the ecclesiastical authority and those who believed strongly in freedom of worship were hunted down it's in England in the 1600s. They were hunted down, they were imprisoned, sometimes executed for what they believed. So a group of separatists, people that didn't want any part of this, fled first to Holland. They liked wooden shoes and cheese. They established a community. They were there for 11 years. 
After 11 years, about 40 of these separatists who liked wooden shoes and cheese agreed to make a perilous journey to the new world. They had heard about it. Some new exciting place hadn't been developed. They knew that they were going to face hardship. Hardship like you and I don't know. And I'm not preaching to you. I'm just telling you, we don't know the hardship these people endured. Now I want you to think about what the great El Rushbo said there at the end. We don't know hardship like those people suffered. They came here with nothing. They had to build their own shelter. It was a perilous journey to begin with, crossing the Atlantic Ocean. It took bravery and guts, and that first winter, a lot of the pilgrims died. And you have Americans in this country, young Zoomers, who all are complaining and whining and crying that things are so bad and so hard for them that they have a mental illness. Well, where does that come from? When you wake up every single day and all you're told by the Democratic Party and your teachers and the Democrat establishment and the media in Hollywood is what a terrible place America is and how guilty you should be and how much you should hate this place and how much you need to fight to destroy it, how guilty you should be, that you're an oppressor, that you can never be happy, never be content when you're eating your Thanksgiving meal. Just think about the carbon emissions and how much you're hurting the planet. Driving your car, think about what you're doing. Family, you can't be happy. You know, ooh, be confused about your gender. Pick your pronoun. The nuclear family's bad. The party of doom and gloom, the party of mental illness is causing this. And Rush will go on to say, of course, that the real lesson of Thanksgiving it's not simply that we gave thanks to God, but it was the first lesson in which we learned to reject socialism. That we learned to embrace capitalism after the failures of collectivism. That that was the birth of capitalism, the birth of the American ideals of success, of encouraging individuals to succeed, of individuality, the very things that have made this nation the greatest nation in the history of earth. And the pilgrims themselves were oppressed, were oppressed. They were fleeing oppression to come here. So I don't want to hear this garbage about, you know, America is a place of oppression and so on and so forth. No, we are a, a nation of freedom, a nation of freedom. And you should be thankful this Thanksgiving. And you should thank God for all the blessings bestowed upon us. And that in itself should give you the motivation and the appreciation needed to fight on to secure these blessings that you'll enjoy, even with inflation and everything as bad as they are right now, to make sure that our children and grandchildren live in a better America than we inherited. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. God bless you all. This is Drew Allen and Drew. And until next time. Talk to my friend Drew. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew died Allen. hard conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.